0: Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Balan in one of the Sunday morning services. This morning, we want to continue on the sermon topics that we are dealing with currently, called discipleship. And we are going to talk about a specific topic this morning. It's called length of discipleship. Length of discipleship. Just keep that in your mind. We are going to talk about length of discipleship, as you see that in the picture, it's a long way that we need to go, we are expected to go in our relationship with the Lord. So discipleship, I just want to, you know, give a little bit of background on what we discussed during last week and week before. We talked about who is a disciple. A disciple is a learner or a student or a and a follower of Lord Jesus Christ. And last week we said, we need to learn, we need to continue to learn. And you know, some of us said, I asked the question, how long you want to learn? And you said, until the last breath, I want to learn. That's a good sign. That you want to be a student of the word of God until the last breath. Because even how much more we read, how much more we learn, we are not going to know, know the entirety of the word of God until we see him face to face. That's what scripture says. Now what is discipleship? Discipleship is a process of making disciples. It is helping somebody to put their trust in Lord Jesus Christ. You now, There are many people outside today, they don't have trust in Lord Jesus Christ. And if you are a disciple, you are expected to make disciples. And how do we make disciples? You go and sit with somebody and talk to somebody. And during your conversation, you make sure they are able to believe In Lord Jesus Christ You know, installing the faith in their lives you know the way you believe and we need we are keeping them to believe in Lord Jesus Christ that's what is discipleship and as I said most of the time discipleship doesn't happen here at the church discipleship happens one-to-one that's the reason we need to be in touch with the lives and if you remember last week or week before we ended that sermon saying that you need to write down three names in your Bible back of your Bible somewhere and you need to start praying for those three names and whenever you get an opportunity just be in touch with them and make sure that they are able to trust in God they are able to put their faith in lord jesus christ and why do we make disciples simple reason and only one reason why we make disciples it was commanded by lord jesus christ go and make disciples of the all of the na- of all the nations and last week we talked about five different stages of discipleship I want to quickly take you through that we talked about number one stage of a disciple is spiritually dead and we all concluded we all you know commonly agreed that none of us want to be that stage of a discipleship process spiritually dead those who do not have christ in their lives those who are not able to serve god the way we serve today those who are not able to put their trust in lord jesus the way we trust him for healing and for miracles they are in spiritual in discipleship stage number one spiritually dead number two Infants, number three, child, number four, young adult, and number five, parent. These are different stages of discipleship that we talked about last week. And as I said, all the sermons are available online, so anytime you, know, you can go back and refer to those sermons. Today morning, we take it further, a little further. Let's talk about the dimensions of discipleship. Dimensions of discipleship. You know, in the picture, as you see, you see a cuboid, it's called cuboid. And you see a length of the cube, and we see a height of the cube, we see the breadth of the cube, and also we see the depth of the cube. Now, I just want to make a comparison with the cuboid that you see and want to talk about the dimensions of discipleship. Length of discipleship. Jesus looked at the disciples and he said, Follow me. You know, that word occurred until the end of their lives. They were expected to follow Lord Jesus Christ until the death. Until the last breath. Length of the discipleship. That's what we are going to talk today. Breath of discipleship. Breath of discipleship talks about serving Christ. As a disciple, we are expected to serve Christ. Height of discipleship. Disciples are expected to come up to the mount of configuration at sorry mount of transfiguration attains the kind of experience that we as the disciples of lord jesus christ have with our lord god it is part of the process that we go through it talks about the height of discipleship depth of discipleship talks about walking with christ enoch walked with god and how we are expected to walk with god You know, when we do all these things, I I, I believe that we are pretty much covering all the discipleship aspects. So today, let's take it further to talk about length of discipleship. Length of discipleship is nothing but following Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus called the disciples, the disciples who were fishermen, the disciples who were tax collectors, he called them and he said, follow me. And disciples, they left everything that they were doing and they started following Lord Jesus Christ. And we are not much different than them. We are expected to follow Lord Jesus Christ. And as we talked about last week, following discipleship, the first week in fact, requires denying ourselves. We understood taking the cross on ourselves. It means Jesus was crucified at the cross. And today you and I are not expected to be crucified for the people but instead we are expected to crucify ourselves at the cross that's what it means to say taking up our cross daily and following lord Jesus Christ is a lifelong affair not just few days not just few days It's not something that we know we want to try. It's not something that we want to evaluate for 30 days. And if it works, we will take it. If it doesn't work, we will return it back. No, not at all. Following Lord Jesus Christ is a lifelong affair. It's a commitment that you make to the Lord. And you are never expected to turn back. God has not left promises for those who turn back. Once they started following Christ. But instead God has left there the word of God. Curses for those who leave God and turn back. Turn their back to God. And you and I are not expected to just stop that you know, relationship at some point of time and go away from God. No it is a lifelong affair. It is a lifelong affair. You know we see here people saying that at times. I just want to try how it works. I tried various places, I tried many methodologies, I tried this meditation, that meditation, this yoga, that yoga, I tried many different things. Now you talk about Christ, I just want to try Christ for some more days and and see how it works. If it works, I will take it, otherwise I don't. No, it's not that something we can try. We can just get that, you know, online we can download and evaluate or we can buy from the store and evaluate. No, Christ is not like that. Try the call of God when it comes on your life. It is going to be lifelong. It is going to be lifelong. And you know what? Many disciples, scripture says Jesus said they stopped following Jesus. Jesus talked about the bread that came from heaven. He said, "I am the bread." You need, you need to be partakers of this bread. You need to eat this bread and drink my blood. And they could not understand what Jesus is talking about. And they said, it is very hard for us to you know, listen to all these teachings. We don't want to follow Lord Jesus. And how many were left there? Only 12. Jesus turned back and he looked at the disciples and he asked, Are you even willing to go? If you want to go go if you want to go you can go and that's where peter came with the great revelation saying that lord where shall we go lord you have the words of eternal life you have the words of eternal life so discipleship disciples are not expected to stop in between and you remember even peter followed lord very carefully and at the end of it he denied lord jesus christ Judas he followed and he eventually he betrayed Lord Jesus Christ. And yesterday I was talking about in the prayer about who are all standing at the feet of the cross. There are many people, hundreds and thousands of people following Lord Jesus Christ. But when Jesus was hanging at the cross, there were only a couple of them. Mother of Lord Jesus Christ. Mother Mary's sister was there. Mary Magdalene was there. There was another Mary standing there, and one of the disciples, John, standing near the cross. Where are the rest? We are talking about this morning, length of discipleship. You know, Jesus expects us to follow him all along in our lives. And this morning, I want to bring somebody and introduce her to you. Her name is Ruth. Her name is Ruth from the word of God. I'm not sure whether you heard such a sermon earlier. Ruth and Naomi, we read from the book of Ruth. And book of Ruth, you know, starts with a good note saying that there was a great famine in the land of Judea. And Ruth, sorry, Naomi and her husband by name Elimelech, they were not sure what to do. And they decided to go to Moab, the neighboring country. And they went to Moab. Because there was plenty in Moab. And they were just living a good life there. And they, had, they were blessed with two ch- children. Two sons. And in Moab. Eventually Naomi's husband Elimelech. He died. And two of her sons. They got married there. And even they died their children died and now Naomi and her two daughter-in-laws they were just left over there so Naomi lost her husband had two uh, sons they were lost and now two daughter-in-laws they were just left there along with Naomi and Naomi was not having a good life there and when she came back eventually to back to Bethlehem back to Judea this is what Naomi said, and you can understand how much she went through in the, in the country of Moab. Naomi said, do not call me Naomi. Naomi means pleasant. But call me Mara. Mara means bitter. Because Lord was you know, so hardly, severely dealt with me that I lost my husband. I lost two of my children. You know, she had a very miserable life in Moab. But when they came out of Moab Naomi called both of her daughter-in-laws and said You are still young It is better for you to be there in this nation In Moab Because you are Moabites Ruth and Orpah It's better for you to be here in this nation I am old I will just go to my nation And you find a, probably another man And just you can you know, remarry And just you can live. You know what Ruth and Orpah said We want to follow you Wherever you go, we want to follow you. And Naomi was telling them again, you know, you need to continue your life in Moab, not come to Judea. And finally, Orpah left Naomi. Scripture says she kissed Naomi and she left Naomi, went back to Moab. But Ruth was willing to follow Naomi. Ruth was willing to follow Naomi. You know, there is a reason why I talk about Ruth this morning. We are going to read from Ruth chapter 1, verses 14 through 17. If you can turn to Ruth chapter 1, verses 14 to 17. Listen to this. Then they lifted up their voices, all three, and wept again because Naomi was parting. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said look your sister in law has gone gone back to her people and to her gods return after your sister in law Naomi told to Ruth but listen to this Ruth said entreat means do not ask me do not force me entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you and she said for wherever you go I will go and wherever you lodge or you stay I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. You know, Ruth said a couple of things to Naomi this morning. I just want to highlight those things. Number one, she said, Where you go, I will go. We see a type of disciples following jesus christ in the life of ruth the way ruth was following naomi it was just exactly same as jesus expects you and me to follow lord jesus christ and this is what ruth said wherever you go i will go wherever you lodge i will lodge your people shall be my people you are god my god wherever you die i will die and be buried nothing can separate us but death. Can you just repeat that after me? These are so precious words. Let's read that together. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God, my God. Wherever you will die, I will die and be buried. Nothing can separate us, but death. Wherever you go, I will go. You know, Ruth was willing to follow Naomi wherever she was ready to go. Naomi wanted to come back to Bethlehem, Judea, and she wanted to spend the later part of her life in that nation, in her own nation. You know, most of us plan that way. We want to live in this nation and, you know, at the retirement time probably, we want to go back to our country and have a decent retirement life there in our nation probably Naomi planned that way because there is no point in living in Moab she lost everything now she's ready to go back but Ruth said wherever you go I will go now I remember Isaiah when he was worshipping God Almighty at the temple of God he saw the glory of God and he heard God saying in Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8 He heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then Isaiah said, Here am I, send me. We are talking about Ruth saying, Wherever you go, I will go. Isaiah was standing in the presence of God and saying, Lord, wherever you want me to go, I am ready to go. I remember Abraham too. Abraham was called out from his nation. From his father's house. And God said. Go to the nation that I show you. You know these are not written in the scripture. You know just for us to read and leave it. I believe these are written because God is the same God. And he expects you and me to do the same thing. You know, God at times, uh, he doesn't want us to you know, always think about my father's house and worry about my father's family. No, there are other business that God wants me to engage with and I believe God wants you, each one of you to do that. I believe a disciple of Christ can never say, Lord, I don't like this place, Lord. I don't want to go to this place. Send me somewhere else. Ruth did not say that. Ruth said, I will follow you. I will follow wherever you go. You know, God expects us to follow him. God expects us to go to the nation, go to the place that God wants us to go. You know, in the life of a child of God, every move is critical. Listen to me. Every move is critical. Every step that we take is critical. Every decision that we take is critical. Because our steps, our move, our decisions, that's going to define our future. What is important is doing the will of God is the number one priority. That must be the number one priority in our lives. You know, when Jonah was asked to go to Nineveh, but then scripture says he went to Tarshish. That was not in the plan of God. But you know what the struggle that he encountered in his life? You know when God wants us to go to Nineveh, he expects us to go to Nineveh. How do we know that? We know that when we were in the presence of God. You know sometimes we are not happy about our decisions. The reason why we are not happy about this our decision is just simply because we were not ready to do the will of God. You know, there were many questions. Even today people ask me, why did you come to Halifax when you moved from U.S. to, to, to Canada? You came with a PR, permanent residence, in the country is wide open. You know, you could have gone to Toronto, you could have gone to Calgary, you could have gone to Montreal. You know, there are many people there. You came to a place where there, are, there is no people. And you struggled to, you know, build a church in this place. Why did you come to this place? And when I think about it, why did I come here to this place? Only one thing that I can remember is the plan of God. Maybe the will of God. Otherwise, I would not have met all of you. You know, there is a plan that what God puts in our lives, what God does in our lives. But God expects us to be like Ruth. Disciples of Christ Jesus are willing to go... Wherever God wants them to go. You know, if the disciples were so stubborn, I'm sure, you know, Thomas would not have come to India. I'm sure all the disciples would not have gone to different nations. And we don't see Christianity there in those nations, even today, if the disciples would not have come. But they were ready to go. They were willing to go. Number one, wherever you go, I will go. Let that be our priority. Number two, Ruth said, wherever you lodge, wherever you stay, I will stay. I will stay. Think about Naomi going back to her nation with nothing. With nothing. Where she is going to stay? She probably may not have a house to stay. Such a long year. All her relatives and all her family members, they would have moved already to different places. Many of them them died already. She was not going to have a place. But Ruth said, wherever you stay, I will stay. A scribe came to Lord Jesus Christ one day and this is what he said. Lord, he's a teacher. I will follow you wherever you go. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air, they have nests. But the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. You know, I don't know. Have you ever thought that where Jesus slept? It's so true. I believe literally he had no, no place to lay his head. I don't know whether he even got a stone in the desert to put under his head. I don't know where he laid or his head. Scripture says, Son of man has nowhere to lay his head. And he looked at the disciples, Are you sure you want to follow me? If you follow me, you need to stay where I stay. In a disciple of house, sorry, a disciple of the Lord, can never say that I cannot stay in this place. I cannot stay in this house. And I have seen people saying that, oh, no, I, I want to go, I want to hit my own bed, otherwise I can't sleep. We all like, we are all like that. We want to just lie down on our own bed, then only we can sleep. Probably not true. Not true for a disciple of Jesus Christ. None of the missionaries can say that. None of the people, those who are willing to serve the Lord, committed, totally sold out for God. None of them can say that. We don't know where they need to stay each day. We cannot say that I want only on my bed, I will sleep only on my bed. At times, you know, in our lives, God's work comes first and comforts become second. We are talking about disciples. Totally sold out for God. The one who are not holding anything for themselves, everything is given for the sake of the gospel, and God expects us to stay wherever He wants to say wants us to stay. Number three, your people shall be my people. Think about people of Judah, a great tradition. Now, Ruth a Moabite, when she goes to Judah. Do you think that she is going to be accepted there? And Ruth says, Your people shall be my people, Lord. Characteristics of a disciple. I love everybody. Your people. My people. Think about Peter. He was not willing to accept the Gentiles. And God sent him as a minister to the house of Cornelius. Cornelius. To minister to his relatives and God made it very clear they are my people they are my children and a disciple must be willing to relate to the people of the nation where he is living a disciple must be willing to relate to the people of the land for the sake of following christ jesus That simply means in plain language we can never say that I don't like the people living in this land. We can never say that as a disciple of Lord Jesus Christ. We are expected to love everybody because Ruth said your people be my people. A disciple certainly must not discriminate anybody on the basis of color, on the basis of race, on the basis of religion and on the basis of nationality. We are all together because they are God's people. They are God's children. You know, it is very important that we need to widen our eyes. We need, to, we need to just widen our thinking. You know, when we deal with some of the people of this nation today, you know, most of us are, most of you are in, in the nursing profession. Most of your time you deal with people who are not, who do not belong to our nation. How much love and care you are able to provide to them. Their color is different, the way they talk is different, the way they will think things are different. But Ruth was willing to be with the people of Naomi. Each one is precious in the sight of God. Ruth was very clear about it. It's very great characteristics of any disciple. Then we see Ruth saying, you are God, my God. Now Ruth is willing to leave all the gods and goddesses of Moab. Now Moabites, if you read their history, there are many gods and goddesses. But now Ruth is saying, Naomi, I'm willing to leave all my gods and goddesses. You are God, my God now i remember king sorry uh, in, in the book of kings elijah at some point of time in his life he called all the prophets of the lord he also called all the prophets of of baal and all the people of the nation and he screamed out this as we read he said how long will you falter between two opinions if lord is god follow him but if baal follow him but the people answered him nothing Elijah was saying that if Lord God is your God, follow him. And Baal is your God, go and follow him. But here we see Ruth saying, your God, my God. That simply means a disciple of Jesus cannot have another Jesus. Did you listen to that? A disciple of Jesus cannot have another Jesus in his life. Who are those other Jesuses in our lives? Scripture says we cannot serve both God and mammon. We cannot serve God and wealth. You know, we cannot serve God and some of those things that we are still holding on to. And disciples are expected to serve Jesus, follow Jesus. And Ruth saying, you are God, my God. Then she also said, wherever you die, I will die and be Buried. Wherever you die, I will die and be buried. You know, think about Naomi. She lived her life. And here comes Ruth. And Ruth is saying, I will die wherever you die. I will die in the nation wherever you die. You know, that means she's totally committed to follow Naomi. And Jesus expects us to. He expects us to follow him with that commitment. You know, that's the reason Paul is able to say in Romans 14.8, he says, For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are of the Lord's. You know, Paul is able to say that because he knows very well. Even I am alive, even I die. I am with the Lord. You know, that's an assurance a disciple of God should have in his life, in her life. You know, sometimes when we go through sickness, sometimes when we go through very you know difficult times in our lives, you know, sometimes we are so afraid of those things that are coming on our way, you know, we tend to leave God, forget God, and go after the things of this world. But as a disciple of God, whether I live or die, I am of the Lord. Disciples are always called to live for Christ and to die for Christ that means being a disciple is a lifelong commitment that's what this morning we are talking about and that commitment goes beyond the earth into eternity you will continue to serve the lord you know once you become a disciple of god it's not going to end at the death it is going to continue even into the eternity you know what a what a precious thing that god left for us jesus opened the way for us to enter into and again she says finally Nothing can separate us except death. Ruth was just clinking on to Naomi and saying, I will come, I will follow you. All along your life, nothing can separate us but death. And she said, Lord is my witness. Nothing can separate but death. I want to turn your attention quickly to Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. Paul writes these words somewhere at the end of his life. This is what he says. For I am persuaded or convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height or depth, nor any other created thing, shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. A disciple who is totally sold out for God, a disciple who is fully committed to follow Lord Jesus until the end of his life or her life will be able to say this with conviction. What we are able to say, as Paul says that neither death nor life, neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers. Nothing can separate. You know, each one has its own meaning. Nor angels. You know, at times even the devil is able to manifest. He is able to put the you know, godly figure in front of us. And Paul is saying, nothing can separate me. I still love my Jesus. I don't love the angel, but I love my Jesus. Principalities and powers... You know, at times we are questioned. At times we are under authority. You know, in what name you do all these things? The way disciples were questioned. We are questioned at times in our lives. But nothing can separate us from the love of Christ that we have for Christ. Nor things present, nor things to come. You know, very easily at times things of this world separates us from the love of Christ. And this morning Jesus wants us to walk the way Ruth what with Naomi, nothing can separate us, nor height or depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Not even a created being, not even your spouse, not even your children, not even your parents, nothing, nobody can separate you from the love that you have for Christ Jesus. This is a conviction of a disciple who is ready, who is already committed to follow Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe it's you and I. It's you and I. We are talking about ourselves. Scripture also refers this to a marital relationship. How long we are married? Until death. Yesterday I heard about somebody who got married for 71 years and that family they're originally from india and they were here and he is 91 or 92 now and um, you know they they, are, they got married 20 they are living together for, are married in marriage relationship for 20 sorry 71 long years and the, none of the senior homes they are able to accommodate them together here you know they always separate the senior homes the nursing homes and they are they they can't be here in halifax so they they, they had to move out move to ottawa they moved to ottawa Because they still want to be together. Marriage relationship is a lifelong relationship. It's not something we can just break in between and go. No. In the same way, following Lord Jesus is lifelong. Because we are purchased by his own blood. And we are his bride. And we are waiting for that bridegroom. There is only one bridegroom. To whom we are going to be married. We are committed already and we will be married one day. He is Christ Jesus. How can we just leave him for, for, for the petty benefits that we get in this world, for the petty pleasures that we get in this world? No, we cannot leave him. We cannot leave him. It's a lifelong relationship, is what is expected. Ruth was committed to Naomi and she said, I will follow wherever you go. So, what Ruth said, To Naomi is what God expects us to tell him. So following Christ is something like Ruth following Naomi. And this is what she said, wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God, my God. And wherever you die, I will die and be buried. Nothing can separate us but death. You know, that's the kind of commitment that Jesus is expecting in our lives. Shall we close our eyes this morning? Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.